0: Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you've got a comment, go ahead and email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Uh, be sure to cast your vote for the show on Podcast Alley, greatdetectives.net, And uh, follow us over on Twitter at Radio Detectives. Well, I did want to mention, I forgot to mention at the end of yesterday's program that we've got an app extra posted. Uh, as we're nearing the end of Nero Wolf, it's a show with Sydney Greenstreet called The Amazing Mr. Manchester. Uh, it's a mystery show, and uh, what exactly it's about is kind of a mystery to me. But take a listen if you've got the app or the premium site. It's the only episode that's in existence, so it's an interesting experience. Well, before we do get started, I do just want to ever so briefly remind you Uh, that uh, we do uh, release weekly articles at greatdetectives.net these can be uh, uh, as we're currently doing a series on the uh, on old time radio and uh, great detectives sometimes it'll be a review of uh, a book or a movie or a mystery novel so it's uh, it's great fun you can read them every week at greatdetectives.net and if you've got a kindle you can uh, subscribe and have The articles automatically delivered to your Kindle. Well, Virginia Gregg takes over the role of Brooksy this week. Uh, And, of course, this is a fairly uh, big uh, casting change. Um, But uh, I think Virginia Gregg does a good job here as uh, Brooksy. And as we're about to hear in this episode, the uh, production staff does a fantastic job working her into the role and getting the audience used to her. Of course, this is the first show uh, where we get to hear uh, Miss uh, Gregg in a regular recurring role. Uh, We've kind of gotten to appreciate her talent uh, through her roles in shows like uh, Pat Novak for Hire, where she played about a a dozen different uh, femme fatales, Uh, and of course some of the guest spots she's done on Let George Do It and Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. But this playing the detective's love interest became a regular thing, uh, for Virginia Gregg. Uh, on Richard Diamond, uh, which had begun in April of 1949, she played the role of Helen Asher, Richard Diamond's, uh, love interest. And in 1960, after playing a wide variety of, uh, roles on Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, they gave, uh, Bob, uh, Bob Bailey's Johnny Dollar, a regular girlfriend, played by Virginia Gregg. And while Gregg uh, would do all sorts of roles in her career, it does have to be said that the uh, detective uh, girl is a specialty. So let's go ahead and we'll take a listen to today's episode of Let George Do It, Partner in Panama.
1: Well, notice is my stock and trade. The job's too tough for you to handle. You got a job for me, George Valentine. Write full details.
2: Standard of California, on behalf of independent Chevron gas stations and standard stations throughout the West, invite you to let George do it. (laughs) Partner in Panama, another adventure of George Valentine. (laughs)
3: Job's not too
1: tough for me, but I don't want hey, it. Hey, wait a minute. Who is this, Lieutenant Riley? It's the voice of desperation. Get over here quick. Why? Why? Why, he asked. Valentine is a character wrapped around my neck. His name
3: is Grovich. The stupendous Mr. Grovich. Hollywood's most colossal producer
1: of popcorn bake. He makes movies? Oh, no, no. Not without you, he doesn't. That's the job, Valentine. You're going to be the man behind the man behind an Oscar. That's an eight ball in arms. Please, please, Miss Brooks. I do not do chariot races. My style is realism. My own invention, realism. Well, I see, Mr. Grovich. In my last picture, a man chases a man across Golden Gate Bridge. You know where we took that picture? Golden Gate Bridge. Precisely. You have the feel of it. Real people. Real places. Real blood in the heart of the heroine. Real bullets. Yeah, sure, Mr. Grovich. And it's real money, too, I suppose. But what... Ah, you... he's made a fixture, but he can't release it, Valentine. Why not? Nobody will buy it? The world is clamoring for it. So is the Academy. And so is my bank. I have got a million dollars tied up.
4: Well, what's the matter? What happened?
1: Vic Ruskin. That's what's happened. Vic Ruskin? Huh? Yes, yes, a name from ancient history. One of the prehistoric thorns in my size.
4: Lieutenant, I've heard of Ruskin, but I thought he was dead. So did
1: I. Uh, So did the police in half a dozen cities all over the world.
3: Only to be honest about it, he just disappeared ten years ago. He might have stayed that way if it hadn't been for
1: my friend Grovich here. But
3: no. Now he's got to go
1: around raising the dead. Mr. Valentine, this latest picture of mine that I can't release, it's a masterpiece. Why? It is real. What's real about it? People. Real people like bank robbers, murderers, you know. Like Vic Ruskin. He's in it. His name. Things he did. Oh, Oh, now I get it, Mr. Grovich. You've done one of your super thrillers based on some of Vic Ruskin's crimes. And, uh... You haven't bothered to get his permission first. But I thought he was dead. Then he had no relatives.
4: What makes you think he isn't dead?
1: He sent us a letter. He read about the picture in a fan magazine. He wants fifty thousand dollars for the right to use it once of his life. Fifty thousand cash. And the lawyers tell me. Did he sign the letter? Yes, yeah, sure. But there isn't a record of his signature we could check. But there's a record of other things
3: in the letter. He gives facts about his crimes only he and the police could have known.
1: Well, no, there's no doubt about it. It's him, all right. Okay, okay. So Vic Ruskin's alive instead of dead. And he's got the amazing goal to want $50,000. We're giving going you. to give him the money.
3: What? And if he sticks his neck out far enough to take the cash, maybe the police can close in and get him extradited before he pulls into hiding again.
1: Uh, say that again, will you? Extradited? Well, whoever delivers the money will have to go to Panama, naturally. That's where the letter came from. Panama. Oh, now, wait a minute. But, Mr. Valentine, think of my picture. It's in the can, but on the hook. Look, it's a big favor to us, Valentine. Now, if you'll only... Stop
4: go- it, both of you. George, it's suicide. Vic Ruskin will know that whoever's bringing the money will want to catch him, Miss too. Miss Brooks,
3: all Valentine does is deliver the money, get Ruskin's signature on the release, then duck out and we do all the rest.
1: Yeah, and I suppose I find this guy wearing a sign around his neck. Well, you?
3: it's here in the letter. You uh, you meet a guide who'll take you to him, uh, Del Catone. Now, you meet Del Catone at Balboa when you land at Tokuman Airport.
1: <laughs> there, you see, nothing to it, Angel. Just an eight ball with wings. <laughs>
3: be looking
1: for someone. I say, excuse me, my friend, would you be looking for someone? Huh? Oh, no, no, I, I just got in. Oh, you didn't. What's that?
3: My friend, I couldn't help noticing. it. You've been walking around the airport with your bag there like a man lost.
1: As a native of the parts, so I always like to help. Okay, Irish, I got in half an hour ago from Managua. I have been looking for somebody, but uh, not with your accent, I'm afraid. You're not Del Cotone. Uh, A friend, my friend. A friend. He asked me to
3: meet you. Pocatoni is a musician. Plays in a sailor place in the old town, Club Cortez. And, Mr. Valentine, since your plane come in at night... He would have met me anyway. Of course, to guide you to something. So you'll just be coming with me. Not quite so fast, but... such a crowd here, a man would... Well, he should know how easy it is in a crowd to... No, no, no you don't. don't. Let go of that bag. Hey! You... Oh. oh, senor. Senor,
1: quite oh. it? You'll see what has happened. No, oh, please! No, oh, no, it's it's nothing. Forget it. What's the matter, man? I saw the man. Sure, nothing happened. I said, Skipper, will you? A sucker just stole my three clean shirts. That's all. <laughs> Welcome to Panama. You're
4: not drinking, Monsieur. No. In the Club Cortez,
1: everyone drinks. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm way behind. I'm an exception, that's all. But you are alone. Well, that's the way exceptions always are. Now, look, there's an English sailor across the bar who wants somebody to talk to. <gasps>
4: He's quite happy talking to himself. Um, I'm a singer, but in the Club Cortez, the boss says everyone should have a partner. What are you doing here?
1: Waiting for the music to stop? <laughs> the orchestra. I like to visit with musicians.
4: Oh, and why are you in Panama?
1: Oh, now look, sister. I don't see where. Oh, wait a minute. Come on, sit down. Thank you. Yeah. You bump into people, don't you? Well, I had a friend down here once. Name was Ruskin, I believe.
4: Of course, Nick Ruskin. Yeah.
1: What do you have to drink?
4: Nothing. Where did you know him? When? A long time ago. Know where he is now? I wish that I did. I wish I could help you, sir. Oh, what do you mean? <laughs> Nothing. Just that Vic Ruskin is dead, isn't he?
1: Okay, lady. Many thanks anyway. i will sure. stick to musicians, thank you. Show me which one of these marimba boys is Catoni, will you?
4: Del Cotone? Yeah, that's
1: right. I'd like to meet him. Everybody should have a partner.
4: <laughs> then you're still alone, aren't you? I still have a chance. What's that? Don't you read Spanish? It was in all the newspapers. Huh?
1: Come on, come on, let's have it.
4: Del Cattoni was found murdered in the street, monsieur, more than three days ago.
3: Ah! We meet again, eh, Mr. Valentine? Wow.
1: Make yourself at home in my room, my friend. I had a little key, and it just happened to fit. Oh, well, don't apologize, Buster. After the runaround I've been through, I'm glad to have a man-sized shadow to work out on. No, no. Now let go. I suppose you brought my suitcase back. Yes, Ah. yes, I did. The shirts didn't fit, huh? You came to look for some more. Please, please. I only wanted to see it. All right, Irish. Here I am. Now make it fast.
3: My regards to you. Now, in the first place,
1: Mr. Valentine... Come on, faster. But you must understand uh, about the airport. I didn't intend... Now, you listen to me. You knew Cotone was dead, but he was supposed to meet me. You know I'm delivering money to Vic Ruskin. He already tried to steal it once. Maybe you even know where Ruskin is. Well, now, take the words out of your mouth and let's have it. <laughs> Mr. Valentine,
3: my name is Pizarro Fane.
1: Oh, great combination. The South American Irish.
3: i And have you know, in the artillery and the seam on below... Oliva, my grandfather, was... Yeah, come on, come on, come on. All right, all right, but never mind. It's a good story sometime. By occupation, Mr. Valentine, I'm by way of being a barrister.
1: Lawyer? Oh, this gets wilder and wilder, doesn't it? What do you chase for ambulances down here? Ambulances,
3: all. I'm not in regular practice, as they say.
1: Yeah, I can imagine.
3: I have a preference for living down the coast, you know, banana plantations and hardwood jungles. You mean down where
1: it's hotter, you find there's less heat?
3: You're a smart man. I admit the stupidity is trying to steal that $50,000 from you, but, Mr. Valentine, do you know what a quid pro quo is? Sure.
1: It's the first nickel in the slot machine.
3: Remuneration, reward. it would
1: even be legal. You mean if you can't fry a fish one way, you'll do it another. Now, what's the idea? You want to sell me what you know? Is that it? I'll do even better. I'll sell an object.
3: A statue. A what? <laughs> a statue, my friend. In a bamboo thicket by a path crossing. And as for what all I know, well,
1: I'm sure we can reach a price. Yeah. You know, prices are slipping these days.
3: Mr. Valentine, my information would be accurate. I'm not an amateur informant.
1: Don't be so eager, Pizarro. You make it sound even phonier.
3: Please, don't
1: bother to answer that. Yeah, hello.
3: Hello, monsieur.
1: Well, it's you, huh?
4: Who better would you expect, monsieur?
1: Pan-American Airways with a free ticket home. I'm getting sick of the local population.
4: But I'm only trying to help you, monsieur. Oh,
1: sure, I know, I know. Now, look, I'm busy right now. I've got a professional liar here. Now, look, Valentine.
4: But, monsieur, listen. I've been tracing the actions of the musician for you, Del Cotone. I found a ship captain, Captain Tug, who was with him a week ago down the coast.
1: Down the coast? The
4: captain knows nothing, but he picked up Cotone a week ago from a visit to some banana plantation. Huh?
1: Lady, maybe you've just begun to clean up a liar.
4: What? What? But, monsieur, can't I help more? Can't I? Thanks.
1: Uh, no, I, uh... I just decided to make a purchase someplace Mr. Else. Valentine! Hold it a second. Mr.
3: Valentine! Outside! i me go! <laughs> monsieur!
4: Monsieur, where are you?
1: I'm right here on the rug. What do you think?
4: But what was it? What happened? What... Do you
1: really think you could help me find Vic Ruskin down the coast with this captain you dug up find the plantation?
4: I would hope so, monsieur. I would want to... whatever you
1: want. Okay, sister. Seeing the dance has just been swept clean by bullets, I guess you finally got yourself a partner. The competition was just shot full of holes.
2: Return to tonight's adventure of George Valentine in just a moment. One of these days, you get in your car to start out to a dinner party, a business trip, or maybe a family gathering. You touch the starter, and, uh uh-oh, dead battery. But there's an easy way to avoid that kind of hold-up and have your car start fast every time. The protective service you get at an independent Chevron gas station, and a standard station will do it. They can tell in the jiffy if corrosion is threatening the battery cable, they'll make sure the watery level is right, and the terminal posts and clamps are okay. Why not get this speedy protective service tomorrow? Avoid the delay and extra costs of a neglected battery. It's especially important at this time because short trips and cold weather put extra drain on the battery, cut down on its ability to do its job. And, of course, your battery loses power most when your car is used least so for full starting power and to keep your lights and radio working properly, ask for a battery check. It's another protective service offered you at standard stations and at independent Chevron gas stations where they say and mean we take better care of your car. come down to Panama with $50,000 in cash. You're to deliver it to Vic Ruskin, a criminal who's been hiding out for 10 years but is now threatening to sue a movie company which dared to make a movie about him on the supposition that he was dead. But it's not so easy delivering the money, is it? The guide Ruskin sends to meet you is murdered before your arrival. And then a lawyer of sorts who is offering to sell his knowledge is shot from outside your own hotel window. Well, if your name is George Valentine, you give yourself a third and last chance as you sail down the coast with a girl you found in a bar and the boat captain she found, Captain Todd.
1: Well, a little calmer this morning, huh? Yeah. Yeah. You don't talk much, do you, Captain? Why talk?
3: There is nobody to talk to but people. Ha! All right.
1: Anyway, it is a little calmer.
3: I'm turning into the main river cutter.
1: Yeah, yes, I see. Can't you remember any more about dropping Katoni off, picking him up on your way back to Panama? Didn't he?
3: Wake up, now, go. high speed. Watch a engine scraping
1: in the mud, eh? See, look, Captain Tag, the Plantation Pier. Don't you know who lives there? Haven't you ever heard the name Vic Ruskin?
3: From you, yeah. I know the big hut plantation I do business for. The little forgotten dead ones. Numbers and places, that's all for the alligators and snakes to lie waiting for man to lose his fight with the jungles. (laughs) Each one of us to his own craziness, eh? What do you mean? Here she comes.
1: Oh. Now listen, Sarge, she found you, but I hired you. I'm paying the bill, you understand?
3: Huh? Perhaps not so crazy I don't forget
4: Slower on the engine, you idiot
3: We're almost there,
4: monsieur Yeah When we go ashore When you'll give him the money, what will you say?
1: I'm going alone It
4: it may be hard to find If there's
1: a house, it won't be far from the pier If Ruskin's in it, I'll be back on the boat fast
4: I knew him once I could help to recognize him for you
1: Look, sister I've got my own way Hey, wait a minute Cut it out All right, cut it out, will you, Sammy?
3: Say, I'll find it,
1: Sure, sure, who'd you think it'd be? Would you... Excuse Excuse Come with me Yeah, sure. It's real funny, isn't it? You're Indian getting my gun. Well, what do you expect, tourist?
2: You don't think I'd let you come calling with a gun in your pocket? Come on, come on. Sign the papers,
1: Ruskin. I've got a
2: date. Well, I've got to read the small print, ain't I? Boy, all them whereas <laughs> I'm in the movies, Valentine.
1: I hereby release all rights...
2: <laughs> That's me Yeah, well, it <laughs> kills
1: me, too Let's see a sample signature Oh, a
2: legal beagle, huh? <laughs> there, how do you like that? Oh, it's the same, all right Check it against the letter I wrote,
1: Grovich Okay, you're it Now, come on, scribble it on the papers
2: Yeah, uh, there's a little matter of money <laughs> There you are, big shot
1: Fifty grand
2: Look, oh, baby, look (laughs) You don't know what they mean down here It's too bad Katoni can't be seeing this He'd enjoy it Look at him (laughs) You could drop
1: one on his grave Just look at all the... What? I said on his grave Whose grave? Oh, come on, cut it out Catoni's dead and you know it I laugh a lot, tourist But I don't like jokes I don't know any The Irishman's dead, too Bizarro Fane, but you know that. Valentine, what are you talking about? I live in the jungle. You said Cotone... Oh, sure, you want me to think you've been a hermit ten years, so I'll send the police in this direction, maybe. But your face isn't yellow enough. What? A guy in the bush lives on Adiprene, doesn't he? From malaria. In this place of yours, Buster, it's broken down. You haven't got enough supplies. What did you do? Come down just before me so you could meet me here? Shut up. Maybe you were even at Panama when I was. Maybe you even killed those guys so you wouldn't have to run a split with them. I said shut up. Give
3: me that money. I'm getting out of here. Give it to me, I said. Stop it.
1: Well, you've got your uses in a sure party after all, haven't you, lady? Now, just let me hold that gun. And... No.
4: He was signing your paper, monsieur.
1: Tasha. Hello, Tasha. Yes, yeah, yes, I was just... He
4: will sign your paper, monsieur.
1: Sure, I'll sign it. There you are.
4: And the money, monsieur.
1: He's already got it.
4: Then the business is over. Stand very still, monsieur, to one side. Oh, no, no, don't!
1: Give me that, you crazy Look, little... What's the matter with you? Drop it, I said.
4: All right, monsieur. Yeah,
1: the business is over, all right. He's dead. I know it. Well, what in the name of blue blazes do you... He
4: was my husband. You are what? Vic Ruskin was my husband. I told you this trip was important to me. I was as anxious to find him as you.
1: Oh, sure, sure. So you kill him in front of a witness. Big love.
4: You may do what you like. I've tried to find him for years. You were really married? In Venezuela, ten years ago. You ran away, took everything I had. My life isn't very pretty.
1: And now you're a widow. And he was such a heel, a local court might let you off easy. And then you'd have 50,000 bucks inheritance. Maybe it is worth it.
4: I don't want the money. You take it. There, in your pocket, monsieur.
1: What? Oh, okay, sister. Now go on back. I'll take your things here.
4: Shall I wait for you outside by the bamboo? Uh,
1: no, no. Go on back to the boat. Tog won't leave without me.
4: Of course not, but don't you think... Go that... on, I said Peter, will you? Yes, monsieur.
1: Something a wild Irishman said keeps sticking in my mind. In a bamboo thicket by a path crossing. Sure, it's even the only crossing. I'll sell you what I know, my friend. An object. A statue. Pizarro, <laughs> I'll bet you're laughing at me. Hey. He wasn't kidding. This is it, all right. Homemade statue. Tombstone. Rest in peace. Victor Ruskin. Died 1939. Valentine, I guess you finally dug a grave for yourself, didn't you? There to
3: sail, Mister Valentine. Thanks for no
1: you know. Yeah, Captain, I'm all finished ashore. Ah, Pedro, your ladies come. Uh, where's the girl now, Captain? Ah, uh,
3: uh, she went to her cabin. We'll
1: be casting off. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, I'll be watching from on deck. Pedro, get that thing
4: standing so I can cast the lines. Hello. I was going to rest, Monsieur, but but you see, I'm here. Yeah,
1: yeah. So am I. The person left up there in the jungle wouldn't have any way to get out, would he?
4: <laughs> of course not. Oh,
1: so the money's still safe, too. Still here in my pocket.
4: But of course. You know,
1: uh, I guess I had a couple of chances to live and didn't take them. What? Back there in the house, I still had a chance to live. Only I had to get curious and goad that guy up there about Katoni and about his not really living here and about I all have... the things.
4: I have killed a man, monsieur. I do not want to talk oh, about... Oh, yeah,
1: you killed him, all right. Because I went too far and found out too much, and so did he. That's why Catoni died and Pizarro. They knew too much they might use for themselves. Sure you killed him. Even said you didn't care what happened. But it's like the money. You knew it had come back to you. You knew you were safe. Because now I'm on the death list too. Monsieur. Because now no. I know too much too. I know you were lying like a rug when you said he was Ruskin, when you said he, he was your husband.
4: Get away from me. Oh
1: no, you don't. It's like this, doesn't it? Oh. He was a phony put in there for the job. Oh, sure, he's the same guy I wrote to the movie company so the handwriting would check. And Catone, he was going to be my guy. Let's
4: go, of me. Let's go. Of me. Only
1: 50,000 bucks is a lot of dough down here, isn't it? I guess the hired hands got greedy. Was that why Catone was knocked off? The lawyer Pizarro, I suppose, gave advice on how to handle a movie company in the first place. But of course he had to get it when he came offering to spill me the whole works about Ruskin.
4: I was on the telephone. I wasn't near your hotel room. I didn't do I'm it. Keep
1: that mouth shut. I want to live. I saw the tombstone, sister. Vic Ruskin died 1939. Only a guy named Lieutenant Riley convinced me that Ruskin's really alive. He changes his identity. He builds a new identity he can live with and stay with even after engineering a fraud like this one. Oh no, no. The pillow goes over the mouth. Don't mind if I tie the sheets a little tightly, do you? It's my life, remember? Sure, baby. A good identity. One that gets you around to all the places to arrange this business. Mm. To kill Katoni and the Irishman. All right, Tasha. The place for you is overboard. Mm. Don't mm. worry, sister. You're not going overboard. A chair makes a better splash. <laughs>
3: Tasha! Maybe you that? Something's overboard. Something you, idiot. Tasha!
1: Pleasant dreams, Captain Ruskin.
4: What are you going to do? You can't run the boat. You're still miles from nowhere. I'll
1: do all right, sister. I can use Ruskin's gun on Pedro. I can use the wireless.
4: It would have been so simple. Dick would have shot you aboard. You would have come back a casualty of the greedy dead man in the jungle. Sure,
1: and I suppose with a sob story, the widow would have collected the money legally. And Ruskin could have gone right on being Captain Todd forever. I underestimated
4: you, monsieur. I'm sorry, Monsieur. Can't you at least look at me for once? And uh, nobody has to know about the $50,000. And
1: and we can... The dance is over, Tasha. It's time to change partners.
4: Was she like? You've told me everything else, but what was Tasha really like?
1: Oh, uh, well, I, I don't know, Brooksing. <laughs> Ask Lieutenant Riley when he gets back from Panama with Ruskin. What was she like? Oh, now look, Angel, keep your mind on the subject. It's not every night we get to see a private showing of a movie, is it? Right here in the home of a big no, producer. No, 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 I will kill myself. I am ruined. I will kill myself. Mr.
4: Grovich, what's the matter? I thought you were on
1: the phone. Long distance is a tragedy. My beautiful realism... Long distance? From Panama. From Lieutenant Riley. Now that Dick Ruskin is being extradited, he will stand trial for many crimes. But,
4: Mr. Grovich...
1: Half a million dollars he wants now. Half a million dollars for his rights so he can hire the best lawyers. This is what happens to me, the father of realism... The bank won't stand for it. My beautiful picture, every part of it, so true to life, and now it would never breathe. Hey, wait a minute, Mr. Grovich. I've got an idea for a picture you could do. Uh, Look, a young man goes down to the jungle to deliver a crook some money. Only there he meets a very beautiful girl. But she's really the crook's wife. And she's... uh... No, 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 it's not real. This could never happen. (laughs) There's your answer, Angel. (laughs)
2: your car seems to have lost its pep, if it starts hard, acts loggy in traffic, and drags on hills, maybe you can blame it on the season. For the gasoline in your car is sensitive to climatic changes. That's why Chevron Supreme gasoline is climate-tailored. Based on year-round weather reports, it's tailored to each season and to the West's different altitude and temperature zones. To get the best out of your car any time of the year and wherever you drive, go on Chevron Supreme. It's a premium quality gasoline, and with the first tank full, you'll notice how much better your car responds. Faster starts, smoother pickup in traffic, powerful, ping-free performance on hills. In fact, you can't buy a better gasoline for today's high-compression engines. Ask for Chevron Supreme tomorrow. Get it at standard stations and at independent Chevron gas stations where they say and mean, we take better care of your car. <laughs> This adventure of George Valentine has been brought to you by Standard of California on behalf of independent Chevron gas stations and Standard stations throughout the West. Robert Bailey is starred as George. Let George Do It is written by David Victor and Jackson Gillis and directed by Don Clark. Virginia Gregg appeared as Brooksy, Wally Mayer as Lieutenant Riley. Ed Begley was Grovich, Ted DeCorsia Fane, Maria Palmer Tasha, Joseph Granby Togg, and Fred Shields Ruskin.
0: come back. Well, once again, we kind of see a uh, easing of Virginia Gregg in. Uh, this episode did not have a whole lot of Brooksy in it, which made it, I think, kind of a perfect uh, transition show, uh, because essentially we only hear uh, a few lines of the new Brooksy. And then, of course, uh, for those of you who've been listening a while, next week, uh, would have been the Christmas episode, which we played, uh, the last two Christmases, so we'll skip, uh, this next week's show and go to the episode that aired on the 26th. But in that episode, Brooksy was, uh, kidnapped for, I think about a third to one half of the episode. So some pretty smart, uh, directing here. I love this mystery. This one just, uh, took a ton of twists and turns. Um, of course, the authors, uh, succeeded in keeping me uh, mystified and they the false ending was when she shot her quote-unquote husband was so believable i actually had to stop and take a look down and say uh, and see how much longer we had left in the uh, show because i was thinking boy it sure does sound kind of soon for this to be over but uh overall a very well done episode that'll do it for now we'll be back next week another episode of let george do it tomorrow sherlock holmes uh and a reminder that um next monday uh we'll be uh, bringing you that hard-boiled uh detective story ideal and crime so join us for that then in the meanwhile send your comments to box 13 at greatdetectives.net follow us over on twitter at radio detectives and uh, give us a call, 208-991-4783. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, and off.